0: here we go it's another big week in the nfl for the buffalo bills this is the bills wire podcast powered by usa today sports now here's your host Ryan o'leary and bills wire editor nick
2: woten Bills Wire. I'm Steve Bortstein sitting in for Ryan O'Leary. I appreciate all the folks at USA Today Sports Media Group for allowing me a chance to sit in the captain's chair this week as we bring you the best of the NFL coverage. We're joined uh, this afternoon by Nick Woten. He is the managing editor of the Bills Wire. Nick, thanks so much for taking time with us today.
3: Yeah, of course. And uh, shout out to Ryan. Uh, birth of his first child. So uh, yeah, Ryan awesome. is missing. Ryan is missing for a very good reason, folks. I know nope. you're going to miss him. We miss him, but uh, Steve, thanks a lot for uh, for jumping in here. So we're not uh, missing too much, but of course, no, Ryan's, no question uh, about Ryan's it. Got some important important stuff. So
2: yeah, no question. And We're very happy to uh, you know give him that time that he and his family definitely need. And uh, uh, let's uh, let's get to the the world coming to an end in Buffalo. Whatever a team <laughs> that's off to a good start. They're getting all the headlines. Everything's exciting, and then the world comes crashing down. Monday night, they lose to the Tennessee Titans. And let's get your perspective, what you took away from the game and whether or not the sky is truly falling on the Buffalo Bills organization.
3: Yeah, Steve, uh, the the first thing uh, a lot of folks are are kind of putting into perspective is maybe that the Bills should be there is that they maybe had a good chance of being 6-0, and or at least if they were going to lose a game, it was going to be to Kansas City, right? Um, but if you look back even the last couple of years and the Bills have started to take off, the one thing that is, I think supremely worth noting um if you just look at the last year the Titans uh they the Titans handled the Bills uh, very well uh, last year uh even before the season uh, not to toot my own horn but you know of course we do our game by game predictions and I did have the Bills beating the Chiefs but I also had them losing this game to the Titans earlier this offseason just because the Titans kind of have always had their number a little bit in the past few years or even in the years when the Bills have beaten them it's been close games and if we're going to talk that same tune the Steelers kind of the same exact thing the Bills beat them the last two years three years maybe but they it was never a convincing win that the Bills had against either of these teams so while well, to your point Steve the, the the sky trust me it is falling it is well beneath sea level now in Buffalo and Western New York but uh I I have to say these teams you know the, they they handled the Bills pretty well win or lost the last couple of years um of course uh Having said all that, uh, Steve, it's, it's going to, of course, come down to that last play with uh, Josh Allen and the QB sneak. Of course, that for a 60-minute game, there's going to be about five seconds there that this game is going to be remembered for, right? So it's, uh, it's a tough way to end, tough pill to swallow going into the bye week. But uh, a lot of people are noting this week, last year, uh, again, the to, to look at the Bills' pass, uh, Hale-Murray happened last year as the Bills went into their bye week, and then they didn't lose again until the AFC title game. So... If if we want a positive spin on it, I think that's a pretty good one.
2: Yeah, and that, and that's the and that's the positive spin that Bills fans will will latch on to hopefully in the next week or so before they come back in action. And getting staying with the bye week thing, it's always a question that comes up for whenever your bye week is, whether it's too early, whether it's too late, whether it's right in the middle. It, it, in your perspective and what you've seen so far this season, did the bye week come along at the right time or the wrong time for the Bills? Oh, it's, that's tough to answer at this point. But um, if we're going to look at through the lens of last
3: year, the scope, let's hope it came at the right time because the Bills can probably, I mean, they have a favorable schedule coming up. Of course, they should definitely get a couple wins. And now they got the Jags coming up, the Dolphins, I think there's the next game. Even if the Dolphins weren't one in five, for some reason, I always joke with Ryan that Josh Allen just, he hates the Dolphins. I don't know what it is because he has like, I think seven uh, AFC player of the week awards or whatever. I think three or four are against the Dolphins alone. So he always brings his best stuff. Against the Dolphins. So, regardless, the Bills should have a good bounce back game. In terms of the right time, I mean, maybe looking at the schedule, you know, you said it yourself there, Steve. Did it come too early? Yeah, probably. You always want it right in the middle, right in the breadbasket. But uh, I think maybe if the Bills, if they're looking at this as, hey, we need to adjust a few things and go on a run here, this their chance. And really, this last game kind of put in perspective that, you know, let's take a week off, let's refocus here, let's get a bunch of wins stacked up because now there's a bunch of teams that are, you know, Four and two, five and one in the AFC and the playoffs uh, outlook. Uh, Bills, I think, are down to the four seed right now. They should still have a great look at the postseason, of course. But this 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 bye week, this sing- singular bye week that we have now going on in the playoff, that's that's going to be big. And the the Bills are going to be ra- reminded of that a bunch. I guarantee it by Sean McDermott in the coming uh, weeks. Uh, even if, even if he ar- did, already started it already, I would not be surprised
2: if he's already telling them that bye week later on in the year is going to be important. So. Bill's defense coming into this game already had a pretty – Strong outings. They'd already had, you know, pretty good numbers. They'd only given up 64 points going into last weekend's Monday night game against Tennessee. But of course, then they throw up their worst performance, giving up giving up 34 points, the most of any opponent this season. They couldn't slow down Derrick Henry. Uh, but st- all that being said, Tenant Buffalo's still only given up 98 points uh, overall this season. That ranks second overall behind just the New Orleans Saints as far as uh, defensive productivity. So was this game against Tennessee more of an anomaly for the Bills or something to be concerned about going forward? Uh, I mean, you want to hope an anomaly, and I
3: think that might actually be the case. I mean, Derrick Henry sucks a like once in a generational back, right? I mean, you, you don't you don't have him on your schedule every week, and really if you t- take away, I think he had 143 yards, if you subscribe, uh, subscribe excuse me, uh, 76 of those for his one long touchdown run there, the Bills, they didn't do horrible against them. Remember he had another 20-ish yard run in the game. The, those will happen. You're going to take Take what you can with with Derrick Henry. He's going he's gonna to bust off some runs on you. Of course, maybe keeping him out of the end zone three times is probably uh, even more of a biggest, bigger focal point. Uh, last year, even, was the same thing. I think he had maybe 57, 56 yards against the Bills last year, but he still scored two or three times. So uh, really just traditionally, the Bills, not great against Derrick Henry, and not every team has Derrick Henry. Uh, so, thankfully, not every team has Derrick Henry uh, for the Bills' sake. And I, I think it, it should be an anomaly here. The Bills have been clicking along against, against even pretty solid quarterbacks. And Patrick Mahomes, of course, starting the year off, I think the Bills are very statistically well-ranked because you face the likes of what Jacoby Brissett, uh, essentially, when Tua went down in the first game, uh, uh, first play, excuse me, of the, of the uh, Miami game against the Texans. He faced Davis Mills. He did have a couple of backup quarterbacks there. I'm not going to say the Bills are the number one defense in the league like they should have been, but they're definitely clicking along at a way better rate than they were last year. Uh, last year, they are struggling mightily early, finally turned it around. But I think it's going to be an anomaly that the Bills are going to be this bad and letting up 34 total points in the game. I, I, don't, I don't see a lot of the teams in their upcoming schedule getting that many points on them.
0: This is the typical sports Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting.
1: Welcome to week number seven. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com, here to bring you strong plays as we navigate six teams on by. Quarterback Matt Ryan and Falcons at Miami Dolphins. Coming off of a bye week of his own, Ryan gets wide receiver Calvin Ridley back in the lineup, and it looks like wideout Russell Gage has a chance to return as well. The entire offense seems to be coming around to Arthur Smith's system, and the last time we saw Ryan, he was dropping dimes to rookie tight end Kyle Pitts. Miami has allowed 12 passing touchdowns, picking off only two passes since week one, and three teams have given up more fantasy points to the position in this time. Each one of those teams has allowed at least two rushing scores to inflate the matchup data. With injury concerns at both of the starting cornerback positions, Miami may have a hard time keeping Ryan under wraps. Running back J.D. McKissick, Washington football team at Green Bay Packers. McKissick's three strong games this year have come against the Giants, the Falcons, and the Chiefs, all terrible defenses. The Chargers, Bills, and Saints shut him down. Green Bay is somewhere in the middle right now, largely due to injuries. Green Bay's offense can hang points with the best of them, and Washington hasn't been able to stop a receiver for anything this season. Furthermore, it's unclear if running back Antonio Gibson will be able to play through his continued shin injury after exiting the lineup multiple times last week. His absence would mean more work for McKissick. Detroit Lions wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown at Los Angeles Rams. LA's defense of wide receivers isn't nearly as strong as it may seem, at least from a fantasy perspective in PPR. Some of that's by design. In the last five weeks, only Tennessee has given up more catches to the position. Washington has allowed one fewer reception but seven more touchdowns in that time. The Rams are playing extremely well with a version of bend but don't break defense. They'll happily give up a lot of short area passing volume to prevent the long ball, as evidenced by a dozen players over six games having five or more receptions against this unit in 2021. In a revenge game for Matthew Stafford, Detroit will be forced to throw like crazy to have a chance, not that the Lions actually have a chance. St. Brown should be heavily targeted. Get him in all PPR lineups especially with so many teams on a bye. Arizona Cardinals tight end Zach Ertz versus the Houston Texans. Still feels weird to say doesn't it? He posted four catches 29 yards and a touchdown in week six Thursday night game before being traded the next day. This week Houston comes to visit and brings its feeble defensive tight ends. The position has averaged 5.6 receptions 67 yards and a touchdown every 7.3 catches. All of these are top nine figures working in Ertz's favor. Additionally Houston has been Surprisingly good against wide receivers, which would mean Kyler Murray is frequently looking toward his new tight end. For more fantasy football tips and advice, please check out our award winning content at thehuddle.com.
0: Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are let.
1: Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan.
0: 522 in Colorado. This is the Typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting.
3: What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slipping Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.com. I'm here with my homie, Nathan Beagle, to help break down this week's Sunday Night Football game with the Indianapolis Colts visiting the San Francisco 49ers. Our friends at Tipico Sportsbook have the 49ers favored four and a half with the total sitting at 43 and a half. I like the Indianapolis Colts to cover this number because they're four and two against the spread so far this year. Their offense is trending up with T.Y. Hilton coming back and Wentz getting settled into his new scheme. Also, the 49ers are 5-13-1 against the spread at home since Kyle Shanahan became head coach in 2017. Nate. How are you betting your money in this game?
0: I like San Francisco in this game, especially with them having the seventh best pass defense in the NFL and Jimmy G returning. Jimmy G has only lost two games this season, and they were to Green Bay and Seattle, having beaten Philadelphia and Detroit, both by more than four points. I'm rolling with the home dog coming off a bye week. That was your Typico Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado.
2: Nick Woten, managing editor of The Bills Wire, joining us here on The Bills Wire podcast. And we appreciate his time very much this afternoon, staying with the Monday night game and, yes, still pushing the narrative that the world truly isn't ending for the Bills. <laughs> Let's talk about the penalties and what a big factor they were on Monday night. Sean McDermott talked about it at the post game. to go along with the missed opportunities in the red zone, going along with the the obvious unfortunate play towards the end. And obviously the defensive woes trying to bring down Derrick Henry. The penalties were a big factor, uh, again, an anomaly or something to worry about. I think that this is some, if we're going to compare the two, Steve, and we had to pick one, that's
3: something to worry about. This is more the one to worry about. Uh, the special teams one, I mean, that's a that's a really tough one uh, for the Bills. Uh, the one, Andre Smith, he's a he's a, he's a linebacker out there, and he held blocking uh, for Isaiah McKenzie, that, that touchdown, that obviously in a three-point game, I don't have to explain to you why a touchdown would have been, a kick return touchdown would have been a huge game changer for the Bills. But, I mean, they've had a couple games this so, year where they're pushing double digits they're in double digits of penalties um you know y- you want to point the finger at the ref maybe a lot of folks are saying that uh there's some holding on derrick henry's long run uh touchdown run and whatnot so of, of course every fan base you know the bills were hosed by every fan ever or excuse me every referee ever uh when they lose a game of course is how it traditionally goes but i think this is is legitimate um you know, the bills offensive line did not have the best game either uh i i think that that's really got to get better i think I think the Bills a couple years ago is what kind of happened is they had such a bad offensive line when when Sean McDermott took over his job uh, in uh, 2017 was his first year um, that really even just an average offensive line has been – has, was viewed so much better than they actually were. And I think now that the Bills are starting to churn along with a great quarterback, their defense is looking good, that now the offensive line being average is kind of sticking out a little bit more. They're kind of taking a couple penalties there. Spencer Brown, the right tackle, he's only had a few few games under his belt, rookie third-round pick. Um, I think the Bills really got to – they really – you know, Sean McDermott's got to do his due diligence as a head coach and figure out how he's going to get these guys to t- stop making – taking penalties, with the offensive line, I mean, they've been shaking it up so much already this year. They got to find a starting five, let those guys gel. And I mean, especially those penalties there, those ones are killers. And I know Spencer Brown false start against the, the Titans. It's just kind of ugly in that area sometimes. And, and of course those, the backbreaking ones, the, the another one took off a Dawson Knox touchdown uh, in, in the game for the bills. Right. So it's two touchdowns that took off for the bills penalties. Those are big ones, but also, you know, you, you're putting yourself behind the eight ball there with a, Five yards false start, ten yards holding. It's, it's, it's too much, too much, and in in, in in inopportune times. Inopportune times is really the, the the big big problem for the Bills in terms of penalties.
2: Talk about Dawson Knox for a second. Obviously, um, injury status. What are we hearing about him, and uh, how much time he's going to possibly miss?
3: Yeah, all, all of a sudden this morning, uh, Steve, we're talking talking here on Wednesday, and uh, by the time this gets out later this week, it's going to be still status quo that Dawson Knox is probably going to miss a few games. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, maybe this is a good time for the bye week um, because yeah. Dawson Knox is, is really the Bills breakout player of the year uh, so far. I mean, he, he had this in him all along, but it almost wasn't. I was just speaking about opportune penalties. He would have inopportune drops where he would make a great catch, and then it almost was like, clockwork or poetic where the next ball that went to him was going to be dropped. And it just hasn't happened this year. Thankfully, he's really become a red zone weapon. If you look at the snap uh, counts too, in, in the game to the bills, he's pre- playing more than Stefan Diggs uh, pretty much every week, which is, that's an all pro right- wide receiver right there. And you got Dawson Knox out there more than him. And he almost, again, if it wasn't for a penalty, he would have had another touchdown in this game. Uh, but in terms of his hand, yeah, um, he's going to miss a few weeks. Uh, according to NFL network, um, hopefully hopefully it's as few weeks as possible because he's really he's really turned around and the bills on top of that they don't have the most depth either at that position they have Tommy Sweeney right behind him so Tommy Sweeney he he missed all of last year due due to a I don't want to say complication with COVID I can't remember the exact exact terminology but uh he he had something to do with COVID he couldn't play all of last year so he's he's a very raw talent Reggie Gilliam is a their third stringer, who's basically like their fullback. So they're very thin at tight end already. So to be without Dawson Knox, uh, kind of a little little bit of a backbreaker. But, of course, without him, I think instead of Tommy Sweeney, you're going to see more four wide receiver sets, which means probably more Gabriel Davis, uh, second-year wideout talented. Um, But I think that's what you're going to see more of without Dawson Knox. And hopefully Dawson can get out there as as, as soon as possible. A few weeks is the word. We'll see how long a few weeks is. Don't ask Sean McDermott though. Ryan will tell you all the time. I am always questioning everything Sean McDermott says because just a few hours before, a few weeks, uh, was told uh, by NFL Network, Sean McDermott said, "Oh, no, t- no timetable. We don't know. We don't know what's going on with with, with Dawson's hand. Like he's never seen, never heard of a broken hand in football before. Had no idea. Had no idea." When the <laughs> report comes out, you know, it's just it's always. On- I'm like Sean, come on! They're going to tell us in a few hours. Just tell us now. But, anyways, that's not that's my weekly rant on Sean
2: McDermott. That's no, okay. You're allowed that. that.
3: You're allowed that. Uh, Nick the listeners know. Here. The listeners know. I always take him with a grain of salt. But these are the reasons why, folks. There <laughs> you, you, you know go. It's going to be a few weeks. You can tell us. You can tell us. Let, the dolphins are going to find out before then. Exactly.
2: Let's <laughs> uh, let's get into what I want to get into this angle because this has always been a fascinating story. Whatever you have. The hotshot quarterbacks and the quarterbacks who come into the league and they're going to revolutionize the game. It always takes a year, a two, two season, two years, three seasons to kind of catch on to what a quarterback does best and how to limit those opportunities. And one thing that we've noticed, I think, in the last few weeks especially, is that when defenses kind of blitz less on Josh Allen. It's actually taking away one of his better strengths, and that's his ability to make plays outside the pocket. Instead, now by, by by blitzing less, you're sort of limiting his passing lanes. Have you seen that? And what is your and what's been your assessment of how he's kind of adjusted to that as the season has played out? Yeah, no, that's that's definitely a real thing you got there, Steve. Because uh, Pro Football Focus they
3: actually have some numbers on it. I don't, I actually have this with the this story lined up. By the time this comes out, folks, it'll be beyond Bills Wire, I promise you, uh, I got to go and schedule the story for tomorrow morning. But uh, it's uh, the Pro Football Focus. He's like the number one and or number two quarterback in the league under pressure. Teams know that now. So the, what? Uh, Josh Allen, I must call Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, sorry there. Uh, Josh Allen is kind of having to do, uh, adjust a little bit. Um, is Sometimes his his hero ball will come back a little bit. That kind of came back in on a late drive uh, against the Titans, where the Bills were ahead late before the Titans got in front. The Bills were ahead late. They really could have put it away. But Josh Allen kind of started forcing it uh, down the field. And if he would have just taken what the defense gave him short, maybe to Cole Beasley it was, could have kept the drive going could have had a manageable down, but that's that's pretty much what Josh Allen has to manage there because when teams, the, the Titans were definitely blitz, blitzing him early, but then when they weren't later on, that's kind of what caught him because he was, you know, he was so used to, okay, I got less less guys covering out there. You know, obviously just think about it. They're running at me more. So if someone's open out there, they're not covering with somebody who's running at me. So someone's open, but, you know, the Josh is, he's a lot better over, over the last two years, of course, since he broke out and finding and recognizing these, but, you know, I'll give him a break <laughs> for for one game where they lost by three, and he still still technically had them in position to win the game. But, yeah, just sometimes that little bit of a hero ball will come out with Josh Allen, and that's kind of what defenses are banking on. And uh, I don't think the Titans really really put a formula out there, if you will. You know, they always say when a quarterback has has a below-average game, and, of course, I'm saying that, quote-unquote, he had a below-average game when he threw the ball for 350 yards. Right. But, uh, you know, he still had a pretty good game. He did a pretty good job. It's really only in a series or two sometimes where I think really – you know, that was late in the game, and then maybe Ken Dorsey goes over to him after that, and uh, the Bill's quarterback's coach and says, hey, here's what they did last time. Keep that in mind. I think Josh is a, is a smart enough quarterback out there and really has learned to start recognizing these things. But sometimes in the moment, that hero ball, that's that's a big turn with Allen. Sometimes that's what kind of gets them if teams blitz them early and then then kind of back off in it a little bit. But uh, again, I will say Bill's fans, I don't hate Josh Allen. I knew he'd throw 350 yards against the Titans in a, in a pretty good game.
2: <laughs> Talking to Nick Wooten, managing editor of the Bills Wire. Bills on a bye this week. Look around the rest of the AFC East. You've got the Bills with a two-game lead right now over New England. The Jets in Miami bringing up the rear. What's been uh, what's been your perspective and your uh, assessment of the rest of the AFC East so far this season? Well, I think it's uh, certainly the Bills division to lose, right? Uh, we've seen a
3: lot of ups and downs uh, in, in New England. Uh, they're hanging tough, but I think you're seeing some growing pains with with mac jones especially uh with the uh with the cowboys last week i always make it a tradition with ryan to make little references to my parlays that i have placed out there every week so i was very tuned into that patriots game if you know what i mean last mm-hmm. week on the cowboys in that one but uh yeah just some growing pains from the patriots and the jets and i i truthfully man the the dolphins are there's something yeah. else uh that might my, my <laughs> My big take on the AFC is so the Dolphins are something else. I did not peg them as a one in five team right now. I mean, uh, I mean, it, it looked better for for Jalen Waddle out there last week when uh, Tua got back out there under center. He had two scores. Uh, of course, I banked him in fantasy because that's my luck. But uh, uh, it's when you when you lose to the Jags, there's something really going on in Miami, and I'm I'm very surprised. I thought they were going to be the biggest threat to the Bills uh, in AFC this year. And without that, you got a couple of rookie quarterbacks. So. I didn't think that the bills were going to go six and O again in the division. And I'm not trying to get too far ahead myself because I thought it was, you know, very impressive last year. The Bills swept the AFC East, but at this point, looking at those other teams, I think that's kind of a, a real possibility here for Buffalo to to, to really do a, a nice clean sweep. Because I thought the Dolphins were going to give him give him trouble. The Dolphins traditionally, when Tom when our old friend Tom Brady was in New England, it wasn't the Jets and the Bills giving him a hard time. It was usually Miami. So it's kind of maybe getting the gears going there that Miami is going to step up against Josh Allen and the and the the, the reigning champs in Buffalo maybe a time or clip them once, and the Bills will go five and one in the division. Or yeah. And the division, excuse me, pardon me. But uh, yeah, the, the AFC East, that's I'm, I'm much more worried about the, you know, the AFC North and a couple other teams out there right now.
2: Yeah, you look ahead at the Bills schedule coming up off the bye week here. You've got the aforementioned Miami Dolphins coming up next after that at Jacksonville. At the New York Jets and then on and then back home against Indianapolis. That's a that's a favorable schedule for the Bills looking ahead as you start thinking about, you know, the the middle part of the season and starting to look ahead to the postseason, possibly.
3: Yeah, certainly. Even the Colts there, you mentioned the Colts give the Bills a serious run for their money in the postseason last year. And so far, no wants has had some injuries and, and whatnot, but uh, a very favorable schedule for the Bills, thankfully, coming out of the bye week. Um, so. I, I think with maybe the, the, the loss of the Bills just kind of, I don't want to say surprisingly had, because like I said, I, I I kind of could see the Titans maybe giving the Bills a, a, a tougher time. They've just The Steelers and the Titans have really been two of those teams that have just, I don't want to say been a thorn on the Bills' side, because they have beaten them in the last couple of years, but they, they, they play the Bills well, and the next couple of teams coming up, I just I just don't see that happening, uh, giving the Bills a tough time. and. I think the bills are going to be right near the top of your power rankings again and all that very, very soon. Uh, they're going to be right back up there because as you mentioned, the schedule is looking
2: sitting very pretty for Buffalo, thankfully. So last word, sky's not falling.
3: <laughs> I do not think the sky is falling. And uh, I, th- I think folks might be a little, little might be, might be wondering. All right. Ryan's not here. Is Nick not here? Who's this talking here? Who's this, who's this positivity <laughs> guy going on uh, on this end of the <laughs> microphone? But uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think uh, the, the Bills. It's not uh, the sky's not falling in Buffalo. You got some very favorable games coming up, and uh, unfortunately, that head-to-heading. It's the Titans. I think maybe in the postseason outlook is going to be harder than the Steelers' won. I, I don't know how much the Steelers are going to maintain their uh, their role here going forward. Um, but hey, you know the Bills were the Bills were right up there even when they lost the Titans last year. So uh, yeah, it's it, the sky's not falling. Sky's not falling. Uh, hopefully Dawson Knox gets back out there soon, but I think Gabriel Davis is going to fill in a while, And I think we're going to be, we're going to be talking about some wins here again, very, very soon. And the, uh, in the bills of our podcast.
2: Good stuff. Uh, Nick Woten joining us here, managing editor of the bills wire. Nick, tell our listeners uh, where they can find more of your work and uh, more of your analysis on social media. Uh, of course at uh, Nick underscore
3: Woten. W O J is in Jack T U N. And, and more importantly at the, Bills wire and, and and give us a follow over at Touchdown Wire too, will you guys? Uh, that's uh, that's our, our 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 big umbrella, uh, if you will, of all the wire sites, so you guys can stay on top of everything you need in the AFC. And hey, if you're looking ahead to the Super Bowl, stay ahead in the NFC as well. There.
2: <laughs> Good stuff at TouchdownWire.com as well. Nick, thank you so much uh, for taking time this afternoon here on the Bills Wire podcast, and we'll talk again very soon. Perfect. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Bye bye.